0: from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of
1: God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath was about to begin. As his body was taken away, The women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required
0: by the law. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. They went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here, he's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened.
1: Amen. Hope. We've been talking a lot about it the last several weeks. Because hope is necessary for us to live. It's necessary for us to survive in this world. Hope is what drives us, it motivates us, and it gives us something to look forward to. Because without hope, you wouldn't even get out of bed in the morning. And for some of you, that may still be a challenge. But the world around us knows our desire for hope. And so they prey on it. And they'll market things for us. You can have the hope of a better you name it. And advertising on TV has flourished because it hits the hope we all have a need for. Let's take, let's see, how many of you remember the Thymaster? It was one of those devices. It looked kind of like a paper clip and a discarded uh, torture device. (laughs) Suzanne Summers, you know, was marketing it. It promised, you know, a fit body. It promised. It had a list of promises. I never saw any of those results when I got mine. (laughs) Any of you experience it? Okay. So it feeds that hope. We have a hope of something better. And advertising agencies do it. How about this one? How about the Chia Pet? (laughs) You may not have a green thumb, but even you can grow the Chia Pet. (laughs) (laughs) And those are still, they are so popular as gag gifts today. I think I have four of them (laughs) at my house right now. And I can get them to grow, but I can't keep them growing. They always die on me. Have any of you heard of the Snuggy? Yeah. The blanket with sleeves. It goes to that place of sloth that we all have. We are ultimate lazy. It keeps us warm. We don't have to get dressed because we've got sleeves on our blanket. And all we have to do is click the TV. It's perfect, right? The hope of never having to get off the couch for a blanket <laughs> or for clothes. What about the Fitboard? That's the newest one. You ever have the Fitboard? Oh, you haven't heard of the fit board. Okay. This. It's like a surfboard that's curved. And you stand on it and you twist like this. And it has these catchy music and it says you will have the fittest body ever. Yeah. Yeah. Did it work? No. No. False hope advertising. I'm telling you, I've had every one of these. (laughs) Just so you know. Because I've fallen for the false hope that they've dangled out in front of me that's what the world does they know we have that desire because God put the desire for hope within us God put it there but only God can fill it only God can fulfill that hope within us and he's provided a way for that hope to be fulfilled because God loved us because Jesus stepped out of heaven to live among us And because Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we have hope. And that's a hope that's a promise from God. And it's a hope that's a promise that's filled with other promises. It's a hope that brings joy. It's a hope that delivers truth. It reveals grace and mercy. It's a hope that brings forgiveness. And it's a hope that gives us heaven it's a hope that we have only because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's why we're here today that's what we're celebrating we have hope because of the resurrection we have hope because of an empty tomb we have hope in the emptiness right. you know, usually emptiness makes us uncomfortable it can be painful Emptiness sometimes means brokenness. Sometimes emptiness leaves us hungry and unfulfilled. Sometimes emptiness is silent and lonely. Emptiness is often seen as a burden that keeps us from our destination, from where God wants us to be. But sometimes emptiness gives us a promise for days ahead. Because sometimes it's in the emptiness that we find our greatest hope. And that's what Easter's all about. We find hope in the emptiness in three different ways the empty cross. Jesus isn't on it anymore, He was on the cross, He died on the cross. Jesus had to be on that cross, He had to be on the cross to complete God's plan. There was no other way. Before the creation of the world, God knew that Jesus was going to have to go to the cross. And yet, He created us anyway. That was always God's plan. And Jesus always knew it was part of God's plan. He knew that the cross, with Him on it, was part of that plan. But the cross is empty now. The writer of Hebrew says this, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, and by that we will have been sanctified through His blood. He died once for all, for all time. Jesus died on the cross. He was taken down from the cross and He was buried. Never to have to go to the cross again. He said those words, it is finished, his last words, before he took his last breath. It is finished. The plan was complete. He completed his purpose. He paid the debt for our sin. The cross is empty, but we keep trying to put him back on. Every time that we tried to be good enough on our own, we put Jesus back on the cross. Every time that we behave like the rest of the world and don't seek to be different, we put Jesus back on the cross. Every time we dabble in sinful behavior because it feels good, we put Him back on the cross. We're saying that His death was meaningless and He He must die over and over and over again. But thank goodness we have an empty cross. Because Jesus came to pay our debt. Because he came to restore our relationship with the Father. And the next emptiness. Empty tomb. Jesus died. He was wrapped in linen and buried in a borrowed tomb he didn't even have his own burial place but on the third day he came out of that tomb he rose from the dead conquering sin and death Jesus is no longer in the tomb he's been raised from the dead (coughs) Amen? Amen. amen when the woman went to the tomb that morning the stone had been rolled away And they were expecting the worst when they started to look in. But they saw nothing. The Jesus, that the Lord is risen. That's what the angel said. He is not here. He is risen. He is alive today. I don't think the discovery of nothing has ever had more impact on the world. You know, we hear a familiar phrase about history. Oh, that was a defining moment in history, we say. It changed everything. And there are several things we could say. The wheel, the invention of the wheel, it changed everything. It was a defining moment. We'd still be walking everywhere and lugging everything if we didn't have the wheel. The printing press, we'd still be just talking. We wouldn't have Barnes & Noble. You wouldn't have Amazon if it wasn't for the printing press. It changed everything. The discovery of electricity (laughs) changed everything. We'd be sitting in the dark if we didn't have electricity. The first car, the first powered flying machine, it changed everything. But as significant as those things are, Nothing even comes close to the impact of an empty tomb. Nothing. There's been no single event in history that has had more impact on people's lives than the empty tomb. Because in the empty tomb we find hope. We find purpose and meaning for living this life. That's oftentimes just unbearable for us. It's in the empty tomb that we see good have victory over evil. In the empty tomb, we see Jesus really was God, just like He said so. In the empty tomb, we see that God is a God of love. He's a God of peace, a God of mercy and forgiveness. The cross is empty because Jesus had victory over sin. The tomb is empty because Jesus had victory over death. So what? So what? So what? There's an empty cross, an empty tomb, who cares? What impact does that have on me today? I'm in the middle of this struggle. I have this issue going on in my life. So what does the empty cross and the empty tomb, what does it have to do with me today, now? Come on, Pastor, tell me. What does it have to do? Pastor, you want to share? This is why it matters. There were 12 disciples that left everything behind to follow Jesus. Each one of them had a past. They were men who had done wrong things, stupid things, selfish things. In other words, they were people just like us. Let's look at Peter. He was loudmouth. He was prideful. And he often just opened his mouth before he thought. Or there's James and John. The two mama's boys, who thought of themselves as really good, good, deserving of higher standing than the others. Then there was Matthew, a tax collector. Hated because he was a tax collector. Because tax collectors were stealing from their own people. He was a thief. But God took them, and he began to paint a new picture of their lives. Peter became an instrumental leader in the early church. He wrote several letters in the Bible. James and John, they shed their selfish behavior. And they surrendered completely to serve Jesus. Matthew was radically changed as he went from tax collector to gospel writer because of what he witnessed in the life of Jesus. So what does the portrait of your life look like? Any of these words? Stubborn. Pride. Lying. Infidelity. Stealing. Foolishness. Stubbornness. Envy. Slander. Gossiping. Addiction. Drugs. Alcohol. Abortion. You could go on and on. We all have our portraits. Every one of us has parts of our portrait that we're ashamed of we wish would disappear and there's parts that we cannot change no matter how hard we try we all have those darkened areas some of us are just a little bit better at hiding it than others but the empty cross reminds us that because of Jesus' sacrifice our souls are washed clean Mm -hmm. And the empty tomb reminds us that we can have a new life. Because the empty cross, the empty tomb, you know what they give us? An empty canvas. We're washed clean by the blood of Christ. We're given new life because of His resurrection. And He gives us a whole new canvas to paint on, washes it all away. He begins to paint a masterpiece because he's put a masterpiece in every one of you. The writer of Ephesians says it this way, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago the promise of God that we need to remember that we need to stand on because when you look at the dark colors and the images splattered across your portrait know that Jesus can clean it he'll begin to paint a masterpiece in you do you know that God has a plan for your life do you know that he has things for you to do that only you can do in this world That's hope. That's the hope we need to celebrate today. That's the hope that the empty tomb and the empty cross bring us. And that's why we say, Hallelujah, He is risen. Because we are a masterpiece and He is painting a masterpiece in every one of us. Throwing all the past behind us. Not to dwell on it anymore. What are you going to do with the empty cross? (coughs) What are you going to do with the empty tomb? Are you satisfied with the portrait you've created? Does your past just keep you from enjoying the here and now? So much so that to look ahead scares you to death because you can't even focus here. Never mind, look ahead. Because Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to make it all new. Clean you up and make you a masterpiece. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been, what your past is. It doesn't matter where you're going. Jesus is the one that's calling out to you. It's not coincidental that you are here today. God planned it out before time even began. Because he wanted you to know how much He loves you. The empty cross brings us hope because your life, my life, was traded for Jesus. God considered you valuable enough to send Jesus to die for you because you're worth dying for. When Jesus was on that cross, he endured it because he was thinking of you, and you, and you, and you. Amen. When he conquered death and he rose again, he thought of you, and you, and you. Amen. Listen to Jesus' prayer in the garden. I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth I am praying not only for the disciples but for all of those who will ever believe in me Jesus knew what was ahead of him in those final hours and he was praying for you every one of you he was thinking of you he was not praying for himself he was praying for you that's love Jesus says you are worth it You know, God's face lights up when He looks at you. Because no one can take your place in His heart. No one. He has a place just for you. Because He loves you. He couldn't love anyone more than He loves you. He couldn't forgive anyone more than He wants to forgive you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He sends you flowers every spring. He sends rainbows in every storm. And He sends the sunrise every morning. The empty cross was for you. The empty tomb was for you. So you could start over. So you could start new with an empty canvas for Him to paint that masterpiece in you. Jesus knows you're worth it. He's alive and he loves you more than you could ever understand. He loves you more than you love yourself. So what do you do? What are you going to do now? Please don't leave this place feeling the same way when you walked in. Don't leave with the same burdens. Don't leave with the same concerns, the same worries that you came in with. Because you have a God who cares for you. You have a God who wants to forgive you. You have a God who says, forget your past. I have something better for you. Start a new life. Start it now. Start it today. Even if you've come to Jesus before and you're, you're just feeling Burden. don't leave feeling that way you have a god who wants to fill you with hope you have a god who wants you to experience his peace and his love at easter we celebrate hope in the emptiness because in jesus empty is redefined Because of the empty cross, we're ushered into the presence of God. Because of the empty tomb, we know that God will never leave us. And with an empty canvas, we know that God's creating a masterpiece. So we can keep moving forward. Day at a time, maybe some days an hour at a time. But as long as we're taking one step at a time, that's all that matters the emptiness is because Jesus thought of you he thought of you because he thought you were worth it but you have to want it you have to choose Jesus you have to choose to want hope cast aside aside your fears look beyond the hopelessness that this world has see Jesus' hand extended out to you because you're worth it.